You are listening to Losing Weight with ADHD, the podcast to help you discover solutions to well-being, improved health, and sustainable weight loss with ADHD. If you're a woman with ADHD who's tired of trying every diet and weight loss program with no lasting success, I understand exactly where you are, and I want to help you to finally see the change you deserve. I'm your host, Jennifer Watts, an accountant turned nutrition and life coach with ADHD myself. Once I discovered the connections between ADHD and my lifelong struggle with weight, I was finally able to make lasting change in a way that felt great. If you want to do the same, then let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. We are going to be talking about the third of four parts of the CALM method, which is lifestyle. And there are a lot of components that go into this, but I had a couple things I wanted to mention first before we dive into that. The first thing is I've been thinking about this a lot this week with regards to what I want you to take from my podcast and everything that I put out there. I sometimes worry that <laughs> that it comes across as though I'm gifting you like an excuse when I talk about how ADHD might impact your ability to lose weight or reach your goals or any of that kind of stuff. And it's funny, it kind of came up because my daughter, she's nine, and she also has ADHD, and she was struggling with something going on at school. And she said, well, it's not my fault. I have ADHD. And this, I've always talked to my kids about this concept of like, in a way, in terms that's like, makes sense to them as kids. But knowing that you have ADHD, it's not an excuse. Like it's not, well, I have it and that's just the way it is. Like a total fixed mindset thing. Instead, it's, oh, okay, I have ADHD. So my brain works a little bit differently, or this might be more challenging. This might be easier for me or whatever the case may be. And that you just kind of adapt with that and work with it. And so I had had this conversation with her about, you know, knowing that you have ADHD doesn't mean that you just are resigned to like living this way. Like you just might have to do things differently. And so it's just like, I'm so passionately don't want them to use it as an excuse. And so it just made me think of the podcast because I I always feel like I, I bring up a lot of ways that you might struggle. And I never want to give the impression that I'm just like being a total Debbie Downer and like, oh, these things are so hard for you. (laughs) That is never my intention. And I was folding laundry and listening to a podcast the other day with Dr. Benjamin Hardy, who I love his work. He wrote the book, The Gap in the Gain with Dan Sullivan. And he also has his newest book, I think, is 10x is easier than 2x or something like that. Anyways, haven't read it yet. But he mentioned a quote in that episode where he said, all progress starts by telling the truth. And I was like, that's exactly what I feel like is is what I want to say with my podcast. Just acknowledging and having the awareness around these things is what's going to enable you to make progress. So just wanted to get that out there because it's been on my mind. <laughs> but the other thing that I wanted to quickly mention is that my new coaching program, a 12-week one-on-one coaching program called Focus and Flourish, I am going to be launching that in January. I will be taking on new one-on-one clients. It'll be 12 weeks, weekly coaching calls with me, lots of information, content. We're going to work together to get you towards your goals. So I will have some more info on that. I'll see if I can link it in the show notes, but just wanted to let you guys know that that is coming down the pipeline. So anyways, back to today's topic, we will be talking about lifestyle. And so lifestyle is such a big range of what does that even mean? And I think of it in terms of, I have been trained through 
precision nutrition. And I absolutely love the approach of deep health because our health is not just physical, right? Precision nutrition takes this deep health approach where there's sort of six main components to it, which is the physical health, obviously, emotional health, which I think makes sense to a lot of us, environmental, which to me is super important, relational, you know, your relationships and all that kind of stuff, existential, which is very interesting. It's more like meaning in life and purpose in life, that type of thing, and mental health. So obviously that one's important too. So those are those the six sort of components that are important to your health. And lifestyle to me kind of fits in with a lot of those different parts of health. But there's so many things that can go into it. But for today, I'm going to focus on four of them that I think are super important when it comes to losing weight, improving your health, and everything as somebody with ADHD. And so the the four that I want to talk about today are stress, sleep, water, and environment. So let's get going talking about stress. I think often what comes up is, well, I mean, everybody knows that (laughs) life is stressful, and it can get even more stressful when you have ADHD and there's just other things that are a little more challenging for you or maybe just more difficult to manage. But the word that I always hear about when talking about stress, especially as it relates to weight management, is cortisol. So cortisol is this hormone that our bodies produce. And it's sort of a hot topic often because a lot of people will say, oh, well, you can't lose weight because your cortisol is too high or like cortisol is what's making you gain weight or whatever the case may be. But like looking at it from an actual like scientific perspective of what is really going on in your body. And of course, I am not a doctor. I am not an endocrinologist. If you want to find an endocrinologist who is very knowledgeable on this, like I always talk about Dr. Spencer Nadolsky. He's not an endocrinologist, but his brother Carl is and they have a podcast together. So cortisol, your body produces this. When your body is stressed out, if it's short bursts of stress, you get adrenaline, right? And everybody knows what that feels like. Something happens and you just suddenly have to like run away or like you have to do something really quickly. And when our body does that, we get actually get less hungry because it's like such a quick reactive thing. But when you have chronic stress or like are stressed out for longer periods of time, it's more the cortisol that your body is producing. And you think of it as more of like, it's like a reminder to your body that you need to like replenish your energy stores. Okay. So what, like if you're, think about if your body is trying to like make sure that you have lots of energy available, you get hungrier and it also, it increases your desire for like sweet, fatty, salty type foods. So like all the foods, like I know for me, like I've talked about before chips or like, you know, candy, I don't know, all those types of things. So this makes sense, right? When you think about it like that, if your body is getting the message that you need to like keep replenishing your energy stores, of course, we're going to have like it affects your hunger hormones and we're going to have a desire to eat more. So it's not the actual cortisol that's affecting your weight. It's the effects of having more cortisol flowing in your system, I guess you could say. So that is like you're not crazy that you feel like you just like are hungrier than normal, or you're craving certain things, which we already do naturally anyways, because our brains are looking for dopamine. But that is often what can lead to stress eating. You know, like I know for me with that whole like eating in the pantry in the evening, a lot of that was probably a result of just living in a stressed out state. But not all stress is bad, right? Like think about like lifting weights. Like if you're lifting weights, that's a stress on your body, but that's a good stress, right? Or if you're feeling excited, 
Or, you know, like, like, think about like, if you're on a roller coaster, right? It's like, <laughs> when you go down, that's technically stress on your body, but it's like a good stress because if you like roller coasters. But I, somebody I love with this, who talks about this is Kelly McGonigal. And she has a TED talk on how to make stress your friend. So she basically, the whole concept of this is that stress is only really bad for you if you believe it to be and that like your perception of the stress is more important than the actual stress itself. It's really interesting. You can always go give that a listen. But overall with stress, the management of it is, of course, is super important because it greatly impacts your health. So how your stress is in your life and how you're managing it can really have an impact on you reaching your goals when it comes to losing weight, of course, and that just makes sense. So that's all I have to really say about stress. Next, I want to talk about sleep. So how does sleep affect weight loss? Well, if you're not sleeping enough, you're expending less energy, right? And we talked about how energy balance is is really what is the ultimate, like what is going to affect if you're gaining weight, losing weight, staying the same, all that kind of stuff. But like if you're sleep deprived, you're tired, you don't have your energy levels are lower and you naturally will just expend less energy during the day. But it also negatively affects your hunger levels. So you're hungrier, <laughs> you're, you're craving more foods, you eat more food than you usually would. And it's usually those sweet and simple carb type foods. And having less sleep also increases your cortisol, which we just talked about. So people with ADHD, it takes us longer to fall asleep. Our brain activity isn't like as regulated and so it affects our sleep patterns. I know this has happened to me and it happens to a lot of people. You often have at bedtime, you have like racing thoughts and you're like thinking about the day, what I should have done, what I didn't do, what do I have to do tomorrow, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. And we actually also get nighttime energy. Our circadian rhythms are just a little bit different. So it can just be a little bit tougher to have like a natural, easy sleep habit or whatever you want to call it. But even like there's research around like people with ADHD and sleep disorders, which, by the way, often go undiagnosed in people with ADHD because it's just like it just kind of it just gets overlooked and looked and seen as something else. But people with ADHD and sleep disorders have increased depression, anxiety, their ADHD symptoms are heightened and they have higher BMIs, body mass index. So there is obviously a correlation there. And. I know another thing that we deal with when it comes to our sleep is revenge bedtime procrastination. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this, but especially if you're a mom or a parent, when you have like such a stressed out day and you're you're busy and there's people touching you and like needing things from you and you're doing all of this all day and finally you get to bed and you're like, nobody's talking to me. I can just like look at my tablet or my phone or watch TV and like just zone out and finally have some like peace and quiet and like brain downtime. But often it's like you need to go to sleep. But like who wants to go who wants to go to sleep when you finally get your alone time? So we do this like revenge bedtime procrastination thing where we're like staying up later than we should because it's our only time to really be by ourselves and and enjoy the peace and quiet. So that obviously negatively impacts the amount of sleep that you're getting. And then it just becomes this whole cycle. So there's so many things that go into your sleep. And that feels like a laundry list of like things that are wrong. (laughs) But there really are a lot of ways to work around this and improve your sleep. But it's so individualized, like it really depends on your life right? What's going on in your life? What are you capable of getting? Especially if you're like a new mom. Oh my gosh. Like 
it used to drive me crazy when people would say like, well, you just need to get like good sleep and then that's how you're going to lose weight. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> have you been in my house at night? Like mom's not sleeping. <laughs> so it just made me so mad when people would try to say like sleep so important, especially if it was coming from like, whatever. I'm not like a, I'm usually don't not an angry person at all. And I always try to like understand where people are coming from and be empathetic to what they're saying and what's their life experience and everything. But when some like young childless person is telling me that like I just need to like get more sleep and spend more time at the gym to lose weight, get out of here. I don't want to hear it from you. So, anyhow, there are ways to work around this, but it is so individualized and really depends at your stage of life. So, I mean, it can be like developing a better nighttime routine. It can be the timing of when you stop looking at screens, but I'm not one to talk. I I always watch a show before bed. You know, getting exercise and sunlight during the daytime helps you to like feel more tired in the evening. Anyways, there's lots of different ways to work around this, but this is something that is very individualized, but it definitely matters. Okay, let's talk about water. So water is like so easily overlooked because it's such a simple thing. Like, but it has such a big impact on us. And water really can affect your appetite. Like if you are thirsty, you know, if you're thirsty, like often it'll feel like hunger before it feels like thirst. I don't know. That's, I don't know if that's just an old wives tale or whatever, but it just, I noticed that for me for sure. But it does affect your appetite. Like if you're hydrated and drinking enough water, you're not going to have, it's going to lessen your, the crazy spikes in your hunger hormones. And it actually does mildly increase the amount of calories that you burn, like, which is like your resting energy expenditure, but it's very mild. But it does, it like, so if people say like water helps you burn calories, it's true, but it's, it's negligible. But drinking water before meals does reduce your appetite. But this, the, there are studies on this, but it's only like actually shown to be effective in middle aged and older adults. But that's fine for me because I'm, I guess I'm middle aged. But in one study, middle-aged overweight participants who drank water before each meal lost 44% more weight compared to the group that didn't drink the water before their meals. So this is just like on top of, I guess, the regular water that they were drinking. So it does help before meals if you're middle-aged. And it helps with digestion. And hydration has a big impact too on your brain health, which obviously for us is very important. And like, we also have to consider the introceptive awareness like we talked about in a previous episode, right? Because you might not naturally feel thirst until you're like pretty, like until you're actually dehydrated. So it's super important to like find a way within your own life to manage your water consumption. Like how are you going to make sure you're getting enough throughout the day? All that type of stuff. So it does have an impact. And again, just like with everything else, it's very individualized how you want to manage it and incorporate it into your life because it's really going to make a difference if you're trying to lose weight. Okay, so the fourth thing that I want to talk about is environment. And this is a pretty big topic. Like there's so many factors that go into your environment. So it's like, do you have a safe home? Do you have a clean home? Is your community safe, supportive, and secure? There's, yeah, so many factors. I'm going to talk about two in particular that I think are really important, and that is clutter and being outside. So let's let's start with being outside. So children and adults who spend time in nature increase their ability to pay attention while lowering their levels of stress and anxiety. Obviously, that's just a quote that I took from, from an article. But 
I try to walk every day. I don't get out every day, but I would love to, even if it's just like 20 minutes. But I find that my walks like have such an impact on me. And I know it's like, you know, I hate this expression of kill two birds with one stone, but it's like multiple birds. It's like a flock (laughs) that my walks deal with. But it just like, it really calms me down. I find that like, when I'm out, like just like kind of daydreaming, even if I'm listening to a podcast while I'm walking, which is what I'm usually doing, I just have like my best ideas. I feel like I get clarity. I feel like it regulates my focus during the day and I feel energized and uh, just so many things. So I like, and I now like after doing all this research, I'm like, of course I feel that way. This makes so much sense. Like green time is great and it really improves your ADHD symptoms as well. So I found this really interesting stuff from these people, Rachel Kaplan and Stephen Kaplan. They're both PhDs and they study nature's effect on people. And they like have all of this information of what happens when you're exposed to a natural environment. And this is even if it's just like you're sitting at a desk that faces a window. It helps to improve your attention and your mental health. So they talked about how there's like two types of attention. There's like directed, like task-driven attention, and then fascination, which I love that. I love that word. So nature is obviously like fascination. And so getting a time to spend, even if it's looking out that window, helps your brain to get into that fascination type of attention, which is like alleviate, like it's like a stress relief for your brain (laughs) from getting away from like the task-driven attention. And like alternating between those two is, is really helpful. But this fascination is just that type of attention can be really calming and have such a better impact on us and help us to be able to do the task-driven thinking even better. I found another set of research that talked about the health effects of being closer to nature. And the sights and sounds of a natural environment have an effect on us. Like they reduce anxiety, they reduce stress, they help with attention. And it also showed that like there was, you have an improvement in like immune function and it increases your healthy gut flora. This is obviously outside, like sitting, <laughs> looking out the window of your desk isn't going to help with this. But just general, like like general health improvements from all of this type of stuff. And it could have a, obviously a relationship to improved mental health. But the other thing about being outside in nature is that it reduces your cortisol. You're starting to see how all this stuff is connected. And it also helps like moving your body in a more enjoyable way. It can feel like kind of like an escape from the monotony of your daily life or whatever. But anyways, being outside, green time, really great effects on us. And so I highly, highly recommend, even if it's just for a few minutes, like getting outside every day can have such a positive impact on your stress levels, your ADHD symptoms, which all translates into, you know, making your whole journey with weight loss a lot easier. Well, maybe not easier, but it just has such a positive impact on that. Okay, so let's talk about the other part, which is clutter. I I feel very strongly about this. And clutter, I know, is something that we deal with as people with ADHD, because it's harder for us to get organized, but we're also so deeply affected by it. I know I am, like being in a cluttered environment which is like looking back on my life, I'm like, oh, (laughs) my house has always been a disaster. And I like, you know, you feel so much shame around it. A lot of people do, which can then mean that you're like, you kind of isolate yourself because you're embarrassed and you don't want people coming around your house. Anyways, let's not go down that road. 
I found there's this professional organizer. Her name is Carrie Thomas. She also has like a TEDx talk. And her definition of it is to me is perfect. She says, I define clutter as anything that keeps you from living the life that you are meant to lead, anything that keeps you from living the life that you want to lead, and anything that stops you from accomplishing your work and enjoying your life. Doesn't that make sense? Because we're not just talking about, you know, clutter in your house. Like she says there's like five types of clutter. So there's physical clutter, which is obviously everything in your house. There's digital clutter. Oh, man, I got a lot of that. Like, you know, unread emails, like pile up of stuff, like all the photos on your phone, like files everywhere. There's a lot. So yeah, so physical, digital, mental clutter. I know we have a lot of that. Emotional clutter and spiritual clutter. So it's kind of interesting when you think about it like that. Hey, that's a lot of clutter, a lot of clutter that we can have in our lives. Clutter is postponed decisions. Really, in the end of it, all of the clutter in your life is postponed decisions. It's pushing things away that you don't want to deal with at the moment. And then it just builds up and it deeply, deeply impacts you. So our brains like order. And clutter is kind of like a, the physical clutter anyways, is like a constant visual reminder of disorganization. And it tires our brains out. And then we feel less focused and we're going to get less done. So It also like lowers your productivity because it takes you so long to find things. It's not efficient. You're not concentrating on the tasks that you need to and you're wasting your time and then you get frustrated. It affects your mood. It affects your sleep. Think about if when your bedroom is like messy and cluttered, how that impacts you. And it affects your ability to make decisions. And we're already at kind of a pretty high level of decision fatigue, which can often lead to that like effort. (laughs) feeling towards the end of the day because your brain is so tired of making decisions. But all that clutter adds to the, it really impacts your ability to make decisions. And research has shown that people who live in clutter have, guess what? Increased cortisol levels. The cortisol is like really impacted by so many different things in your life. And this is no different. And the last thing that I want to mention about clutter is that people who live in clutter have poorer working memory. I don't know if you guys remember this, but we talked about this in a previous episode. Working memory is kind of like the post-it notes in your brain, right? Like the short-term, it's not short-term memory. It's cut that's kind of how some people define it, but it's like that ability to like remember, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. So anyways, clutter affects your working memory, which we already have a deficient working memory. So it just all like negatively impacts you. But it is so hard to get going and to make a change when it comes to the clutter. I know that and I understand that. But all I want to do here is for you to recognize how it's impacting you and that it really does have an effect on your ability to like make plans, make progress when it comes to your weight loss goals, because it's affecting so many other areas of your life, which you need resilience in, in order to work towards those goals. So you, like, it's not an excuse. I I just cannot stress this enough. It's not an excuse, but I just want you to have some compassion for yourself that like, these things really are impacting you. You are not crazy that you you feel like dragged down and bogged down by these things. But again, with all of the other ones, there are so many solutions to this and just little changes that you can make to improve it. But it is so individualized. It really depends on the stage that you're at, where you're at in your life, 
What is the clutter? What type of clutter is it that you have to work on? You know, what's one thing like I feel like we have so much clutter, like information clutter, like there's so much information out there and we love to learn and research, right? But especially when it comes to like diets and health and programs and like even like research, like this proves this and this proves that and like everything cancels itself out and it can be so overwhelming. And really like when I think of all of these things all together, what I want for you is less but better when it comes to all of these aspects of being able to lose weight if that's what you want. Anyhow, that's all I want to say about clutter. So like revisiting it, that's the four things that we talked about with regards to lifestyle today, stress, sleep, water, and environment. And can you see just from talking about it how it's all connected? It is so much more than just freaking eat less, move more. (laughs) These things have a big impact on you and your ability to move forward and make changes. And I don't want you to be overwhelmed thinking like, oh my God, there's too many things to worry about. I can't do anything. No, we're not going to do that here. We're not going to feel that way. What we're going to do is acknowledge that these things are impacting you. And then what I I suggest is to just kind of go through them like, like, List out these things and be like, I think this is impacting me. I think that is impacting me. And what is one small change you can make to, you know, course correct a little bit? You know, I know this is like a James Clear thing, Atomic Habits. He talks about that, like, it's something in his book about the plane. (laughs) This just came to me. So I'm like, I'm totally going to get this wrong. But it's something like a one, just a one degree shift. It doesn't seem like much at first, but then when you look at the whole like journey, it's like, man, that can have a big impact. So even if you just make one tiny change, maybe you make a change to your evening routine. Maybe you take one corner of one room and you say, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to work on getting rid of some of the clutter in here. Or maybe you work on cleaning up your inbox because that's bothering you. Something you can make one small change. Maybe you have a glass of water with your dinner. It doesn't matter. One little change. That's all it takes to get you in motion. And that's what's going to get you propelled to making more little changes and more little changes. And that's really going to get your engine going and you're going to make progress. And then all of a sudden, one day you're going to look back and be like, wow, like I made a lot of changes and I'm really making progress. So anyhow, that's all I have for you today. If you have any questions, if you have any thoughts about anything, you know, I always love to hear from you. So please reach out to me. And As I mentioned, I will try to have some information in the show notes about my program that's coming out. So I hope you have had a wonderful December so far. It's Christmas Eve when I'm recording this, but it'll come out after Christmas. And I really hope you all had an amazing holiday season. And I will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Losing Weight with ADHD podcast. If you are ready to make lasting change in your life, please head over to my Instagram at jenniferwatts.ca, where you can connect with me and find all the tools and tips you need. From there, you can also access my free guide of the Calm Method for Weight Loss with ADHD or book a free call with me. I'd love to hear from you, so please reach out, especially if you have anything you would like to hear about on the show. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review so the show can continue to spread this message. Until next time.